Distractions Podcast, podcast we chat true crime, conspiracy theories, paranormal stories, a little bit of folklore, a little bit of urban legends. You know what? Whatever we feel like, because it's our podcast, so deal with it. I'm Alex. And Christy. And this is a cutthroat day. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no, deal no, no. no. Deal with it. This week, we are back talking paranormal, my bread and butter, my happy place, which is ironic because it's usually depressing and sad and scary yeah so regardless i'm super stoked and this is we're going overseas again hypothetically mentally in our minds and i really want to go to this place once we're able to travel that's all i'm going to say right now and without saying anything further christy what do you need a distraction from i have the the pony lip right now because when you said going overseas and all i want to do is travel right now which makes me sad right so that's part of my distraction. I would like to leave anywhere, my house, work, <laughs> the province. Yeah. We, um, yeah. But this, uh, my cat's pissing me off right now. I need a distraction from the oh. savage here. Savage who keeps waking you up at what time in the morning? It's usually like five and then it doesn't go back to sleep. No, it's it's like, it sits there all morning. He's just like, you hear that? No. Nope, nope, I don't like it. I, I, My cat does the same thing, too, so I feel that. You know what? I'm going to use that as my distraction as well, just to simplify things, because if I said what I need a distraction from, a.k.a. my job, it'd get really depressing in here, and I want to stay happy, and I want to stay distracted, so are you ready? Let's do it. All right, so we are going back to Scotland. It's been, a, it's been a minute since we've been in Scotland, so I think the last time we were there was episode 47, so almost like oh, 11 episodes ago, where we covered the Gilmerton Cove near Edinburgh. This week, we're going about 16 minutes north, by car, of the mysterious Gilmerton Cove to our weird new Edinburgh distraction, the Edinburgh Vaults. Da-na-na-na, da-da-da-da. You are going to be so intrigued by this. When I was writing these notes, I was like, oh, Chrissy's going to love this because these vaults are underground. And what have we... We love a tunnel. We love a good tunnel. Am I right? So Mm -hmm. because tunnels are creepy, tunnels are scary. That's where all the spooky shit happens. So this is going... This is a jam-packed spooky location. I'm stoked. Let's, Let's just get distracted. So the Edinburgh vaults also referred to as the South and bridge vaults or the Blair Street vaults. I'm I'm gonna only reference them as the vaults or the Edinburgh vaults because if I start calling them every name, it's just it's gonna get confusing. confusing. Exactly. So before we dive into the spookiness of the vaults, we are going to take a trip back down memory lane and chat about how they became to be and all the crappy situations that kind of happened after they were invented. The vaults are, as you may have guessed it, located underneath a bridge, specifically the South End Bridge. After three years of construction, the South End Bridge was completed in 1788. So, you know, just like a couple of years ago, nothing major. I remember the day. Beautiful day. Uh, its goal was to help further commuters from the former old town to the university. 
According to the Atlas Obscura website, the bridge's 19 arches housed various vaults and chambers, which were originally used by the local businesses that were attached to them from above the ground. The bridge itself spans over 1,000 feet long and has been described as having a high point of 31 feet above ground. The bridge's foundations penetrated Edinburgh's bedrock as far as 22 feet below, so it went 22 feet down, according to the Historic UK website. So it's pretty... It's pretty deep, put it that way. She deep. She deep. So according to that same article on the Historic UK website, locals thought that the bridge was cursed once it was completed, and for a good reason. So the locals had nominated the then judge's wife to be the first person to walk across the bridge, which, what an honor. And I actually kind of progressive, because women didn't really have rights back then. So the fact that they picked a woman to walk across the bridge... Boy. I also think it's kind of like Shigo as sacrifice. Well, kind of. A little bit, <laughs> right? It's not really progressive. <laughs> Maybe we should actually is more of a sinister plan than we thought. And actually, it takes a really dark turn. So the woman actually died days before she was supposed like before she was supposed to walk across the bridge in this huge ceremony. Oh. She did go she would be the first person to go across the bridge. Don't get it twisted. But instead of walking across the bridge, she'd be carried over in a coffin. Well, okay. <laughs> yeah. So because of that, and because of a couple of other things that happened and associated with this bridge, people have kind of always tied in the Edinburgh vaults and the bridge associated with as cursed. You know, just a, just a smidge cursed. Back to the deets of the vaults. So it has been estimated that there were somewhere around 120 of these dark vaults with a capacity of holding up to 20 to 30 persons within them, according to the Atlas Obscura website. Business owners, as mentioned, would originally use these vaults as their workshops, storage for excess items, and even as an underground pub for some patrons wanting a drink underground. Because why drink above when you can drink below, am I right? Down below the party. Exactly. So it sounds like a really great idea for its time. However, the vaults and chambers would lose its business patrons very slowly, uh, most noticeably by 1795, according to some reports. Although the idea of having extra underground space was superb in the beginning, some people slowly stopped wanting to use it because of the cold temperatures. I mean, it was below the ground, right? So it was allegedly damp, musty, and it was also prone to flooding since the bridge wasn't necessarily properly sealed when it was built. After the first three years, the businesses had to allegedly move their stuff out, I believe for a short period of time due to a major flooding incident. So it just was prone to floods. It was cold. Like, yeah, it was fun for a bit. And after a while, it's like, well, why would I want to drink down here when I can drink in my warm home? Right. It's very, it's very unfortunate for those places. Exactly. So with the original businesses moving their items out and not using the vaults as frequent as they were in the beginning, the vaults would come home to others for various opportunities. So this is where we see some brothels coming in, some gambling dens happening, more illegal pubs, unlicensed distilleries, just some illegal activity was taking place down there, uh, according to the Atlas Obscura website. To a real party down there. It was turning to a real party down there, the party that you don't want to go to alone, so to speak. 
Mm-hmm. The spaces would also reportedly be used as homes at one point for Edinburgh's poorest residents who crammed into the tight spaces to try and find shelter. Allegedly, entire families would live inside these chambers, which did not have any running water or bathrooms, meaning disease would run rampant. So it's not like they had a porta potty down there, you know, they had electricity down there or anything like that at the time. They were living really rough, but it was still better than living above ground and living on the streets in a sense, I would assume. So still underground, you have shelter, but it's not really the best condition still. Well, yeah, you have shelter, but it's still cold, it's still damp, it's still flooding. Like, it's not... It was what they had at the time, right? It was better It was better than the alternative. Mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So although the vaults could potentially fit up to 30 people, depending on the size of the family and if they had brought any belongings, it's easy to imagine that people probably lived pretty cramped in some of these vaults. On top of these reported new uses of the vaults, it was also rumored that body snatchers were storing bodies in some of the vaults and chambers or using the tunnels in general, which, not great. For those who don't know, body snatchers are persons who would steal the bodies of dead people and sold them to scientists or doctors who wanted to perform experiments on them. She turned into a crime fest down there. Oh, did she ever. Uh, Jumping to the mid-19th century, the vaults and chambers were actually filled with rubble for security of the businesses still located nearby and attached to the tunnels and to eliminate local homeless people from trying to live down there as well. Because it, yes, it's better than maybe living on the streets, but it was also probably becoming a security, like a safety thing too, right? And we'll get to a specific incident where it definitely was a safety thing. It wasn't until sometime in 1985 when the vaults were really discussed again above ground, when an excavation revealed the vaults and chambers underneath. Again, like I think people remembered about the vaults and obviously locals that have been there for generations knew about the vaults but it wasn't really anything that was in common conversation and obviously some people weren't going it wasn't as frequently used as before because most of it was covered up but because of this excavation they were kind of unearthed again so to speak okay according to the historic uk website the spaces despite being forgotten and filled for years kept their shape and structure which of course capitalism kind of got its hands on the area and now you can actually tour the underground vaults and chambers experiencing the maze firsthand uh one uh, right we're going we're going i'm sorry we have to (laughs) Like, I'm apologizing as if it's a bad thing, but there is one tour company. I think it's the only tour company. Uh, It's called Murcat Tours, which they offer a one-hour, 15-minute ghost tour and a historical tour uh, where adult ticket prices are £16, so about almost like 30 bucks Canadian, so to speak, which for an hour and a half hour and a half tour that's pretty good before we dive heavily into the ghost stuff i want to acknowledge some more of the history of the area as it ties with our ghost stuff later on so the first notable mention is the entrance to the south bridge vaults on nidri street a street with its own alleged dark past and potential curves in the 1580s and onwards to the 17th century witchcraft was reportedly a heightened concern in the area and in this time period we see the witchcraft trials happening as well one infamous alleged witch by the name of Agnes Finney is tied to this area in particular. Agnes was convicted of 20 charges of witchcraft in 1644, where she would be burned to death for these convictions, but not before allegedly cursing the area, which some believe includes the Nidri Street. Now, according to the Wandering Crystal website, the vaults may have been used at one point by witches to practice in secrecy way back when. 
I couldn't find a direct connection between Agnes and Nidri Street per se, nor could I find any distinctive information regarding the vaults being used by witches way, way, way back when. However, it's obviously something to mention because it does have a spooky connection to it. And we'll chat more about witches and Agnes later on when we cover the ghost stuff. Okay. So to add more fuel to the weird spooky fire we have going on here, there was also an actual fire that happened. Uh, The Edinburgh Fire, referred to as the Great Fire of Edinburgh, that started in an engraver's shop on November 15, 1824. So it's been alleged that the fire above ground was out of control due to wind pickup, and even though police knew that there were people in the vaults, potentially in harm's way, the doors to the vaults were locked, meaning those down below could not escape. Because locked the doors. Right? I know. It's, uh, I just... Are you trying to kill people on purpose? (laughs) Well, and that's kind of the vibe I got. I was like, why were you locking the doors? People were down there. They could have gotten out. It's called fire exits for a reason. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think they had fire plans back in 1824. I'm just going to put that out there. Pretty far and few between. Okay, fine. But still, exits at least... (laughs) Exactly. So because of the looming doom that those in the vaults may have experienced, some allegedly believed that a lot of those underground took their own lives before the flames or smoke did. So kind of like a mass suicide pact kind of thing may have happened. But once again, it was some of the stories you can tell is very uh, folklore Like it's, it's kind of like, oh yeah, I heard it from this person, heard it from this person, heard it from this person, but it's not very documented. Well, if it was really like the little mass suicide, that's, that's sad. Very sad. There have been rumors that families would essentially have to kill one another in order to avoid the painful death of fire, which sounds extreme and a bit sensationalized. However, we weren't there, so we can't really say whether that happened or not, right? Mm-hmm. Weeks after the fire, the doors were reportedly unlocked. Uh, people who lived above went down below to the vaults only to encounter the tragic scene. I'm sorry, and weeks? Weeks. Yeah, I said that right. right. Weeks. The fuck? <laughs> I know. I know. I don't know who is in charge of making sure that, well, the police, essentially, I would assume, and the fire department and, you know, just society as a whole. But, hey, we weren't there. We don't know what was going on, so... It's not like a bunch of assholes. Yeah, let's put it point blank. If all this wasn't bad enough, <laughs> it's only going to get worse. So if all this information wasn't bad enough in, in terms of painting a very dark, grim picture of the vault's history, then buckle the heck up because, of course, we have serial killers involved as well. So I'm not ready for this roller coaster. It's, it's a roller coaster, let me tell you. So some believe that Scottish serial killers, William Burke and William Hare, who are originally from Northern Ireland, may have used the vaults for their slayings or to transfer the bodies of their slain. So for those who aren't aware of the duo, they were allegedly responsible for murdering 16 people between 1827 and 1828 so that they could sell the bodies to local medical professionals, such as a local doctor by the name of Dr. Robert Knox, for for example, who would pay them for these bodies because they would do experiments on them, they'd look at them, I don't know, they do their they do their doctory shit with them, I guess. Uh, the body selling started when the two sold their dead lodger's body, the person died of natural causes, to a local medical school in which they got money out of it. The two reportedly started grave robbing, which was popular at the time, of course, but then things escalated to murder. Eventually, the two would be arrested, and according to a historic UK article by Ben Johnson, Burke was hanged at 
Lawn Market on January 28, 1892. Hare, on the other hand, was released in February, so literally a month and a bit later after his partner was hanged, uh, was released, and was never seen again. Although there are some rumors and theories as to what may have happened to him, we might save that for another episode on another day for another distraction. I'm sorry, one was hung and one got away. Yeah, basically. Fishy. Suspicious. So we'll kind of get more into them and their connections specifically later on. Keep all of that spooky information in mind because now we are on to the ghosty stuff. As you can imagine, given the history of this location and the fact that Edinburgh is reportedly one of the most haunted places in Scotland, this place has some weird and wild reports coming out of it. The vaults themselves are over 233 years old in 2021, meaning they have gone through numerous series of unfortunate events such as plagues, worries of witchcraft, witchcraft trials, war, revolutions, coronavirus, just as a, on its own. And as we know from previous paranormal stories, spaces, especially especially underground ones, can hold the history of an area and use that energy to manifest activity. And there's actually kind of a little bit of a theory behind that this notion. So this theory, called the stone tape theory, essentially believes that certain areas hold onto energy sources because they are made of stone. Which you can imagine the vault would be a memory, like one hell of a memory saver of physical impressions because it is entirely made up of stone. According to a YouTube video I watched, which was of the TV show World's Scariest Hauntings, paranormal experts weigh in on the stone tape theory, which they kind of think is what's going on in the vault. So they, this theory, kind of a plot they think this theory applies to the vaults because they think essentially it's kind of like a big old memory stick and everything that's happened in it is stuck because of the stone so to speak really really so referencing it as being somewhat of a cassette player the impressions of the past are replaying over and over as spiritual manifestations even though the physical beings are no longer there Common feelings that have been reported while in the tours of the vaults include feelings of dread and anxiousness, which I can imagine may be connected to the spiritual energy in the location, as well as the fact that you're basically in the dark other than probably what little light is brought with you. Uh, While watching that episode of World's Scariest Hauntings via the YouTube video, it was indicated how mediums that go through the vaults report connecting with multiple people. So there's not just one ghost, it's multiple. Okay. Uh, One of those reports is of a young woman who some have suspected may have been involved with one of the brothels that were functioning out of the vaults way back when. This young woman has been even seen by one of the tour guides outside of the corridors and has also been described as having long dark hair and what appears to be blood on her face by people that do see her. So sorry, it's not just one of the tour guides that sees her, there's multiple reports. Well, that's all slightly frightening. Oh, it gets creepier. So the story associated with the young woman, according to the paranormal expert Joe Lockwood from the World's Scariest Haunting episodes, goes as the following. Apparently, this young woman went down to the vaults to meet two men, not sure specifically as to why. However, instead of meeting two men, she encountered 30 men who went on to murder her. It's, uh, yeah. Gang killing. Pretty much. So Joe went on to explain that because the group of men was so large, no one was ever prosecuted for the murder. Joe stated that this may be why the young girl is still seen in the vaults because her death has never really been brought to justice. And to be honest, at this point, it never will. The woman's name may have been Elizabeth Ann Morrison, who was murdered in the vaults back in 
1797. Allegedly, Elizabeth's body was beaten so severely that her skull was in seven pieces once it was found, and that she was taken, yeah, she was taken to a local school by potentially a body snatcher who traded her in for money. So. That's disgusting. Not really dealt with in the most humanitarian way. We'll put it that. We'll put it, we'll put it blunt. Yeah. So I tried looking on my usual newspapers.com to see if there were any articles of this. However, I wasn't able to find anything. Ewan Armstrong, who is one of the tour guides that was interviewed on World's Scariest Hauntings, claimed that one time he was offering a day tour when a seven-year-old boy from New York allegedly sat down on a step nearby where this young woman's apparition has been seen the most. The young boys started having a full-blown conversation in front of the entire group at random and know that he was talking to an unseen woman. This woman told the boy how there were bad men in the vaults once who were bad to the lady. Now, before we jump the gun, because people might be like, well, they were on a ghost tour. The, The tour company also offers historic tours, which I believe that's what the boy was on. So it's not like he had heard the story and then was all of a sudden, oh yeah, you know, there's this lady and this, that, and the other, right? So it's it's very eerie, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Another reported spooky incident uh, is kind of of a different shadowy figure that's seen near the stairs uh, into the vaults. Tour guide Ewan Armstrong reported that people claim to have seen a shadowy figure follow them down into the vaults near the staircase or that they will see the shadowy figure on the staircase. Uh, people who go down to the vaults have also reportedly been pinched, scratched, poked, or jabbed by an unknown force, meaning not necessarily someone on the tour who's with them, who just has really bad personal boundaries. Uh, you know, it's by an unknown source, and it's very random. Just playing a little pokey over here. <laughs> Could you imagine just being on tour, and someone that you're on tour with who you have no idea who they are just randomly starts poking you and pinching you? Absolutely not. I think that would be worse than a ghost. Then you'd actually <laughs> I will throat punch you. <laughs> exactly. A thousand percent. On top of these reports, there's also been reports of random noises, which I kind of find interesting because it's underground. So you'd assume that there'd be a lot of noises, but a lot of the tour guides have ruled some of these noises out, like which ones are natural, which ones aren't. The ones that aren't natural are mostly groaning, growling, random footsteps, you know, kind of the typical ghosty noises we hear that have been ruled out as not being caused by anyone on the tour or anyone that's in a group. Why are you hearing growling down there? That's kind of creepy. Oh, we will get to it. So there have also been reports of people who have experienced rocks or stones being thrown at them while exploring the vaults. And because of all this kind of heavy interactive phenomena, people have alleged that they think there might be some poltergeists down in the vaults. And as one may remember from, I think, when we covered Enfield, a poltergeist is essentially, well, it's German for a noisy ghost, but a poltergeist is much more than just your typical haunting where it's kind of maybe you see an apparition or what have you. The polter- A poltergeist is more interactive with the living. It will move things. It will throw things. It will, you know, make sounds. It will scare the living shit out of you, essentially. The spookiness is amplifying, and it's only going to amplify. 
So an example to this, tour guide Ewan explained that sometime in 1979, there were some college kids drinking down the vaults. This is before they were really opened back up to the public, so I don't know how they got down there. It could have been through the school, who knows, trespassing, essentially. Uh, The story goes that out of nowhere, two girls that were in the mix of the group got pushed and held against one of the vault walls simultaneously by an unseen force. It's very spooky. No, thank you. Yeah. No, thank you. If that doesn't scream poltergeist or at least something sinister, I don't know what would to you. You are on a different against this wall, but I don't know what, but let's keep going. Yeah, let's keep partying. I'm not done my Bacardi breezer. Let's keep partying. Gross. (laughs) There is another spirit in the vaults, which has been referred to as the Watcher or Mr. Boots, which I somehow hate both names, but I will henceforward (laughs) refer to him as Mr. Boots. Yeah, the Watcher? Just, no, thank you. It's creepy as is. They're both creepy as is. Let's be real here. So there have been many reports of Mr. Boots sightings within the vaults, even by tour guides. It's also been documented that Mr. Boots has been known to linger and lurk in the dark, watching people as they explore the vault, hence the additional nickname of the Watcher. People have reportedly felt that they're being followed by something, not someone in the group or what have you. They also kind of feel like there's someone standing behind them at all times, even though they'll turn around, there's nobody there. Okay. Just ultimately feeling like they're being watched. Lovely. Oh, just fabulous. Tourists and guides believe that Mr. Boots is responsible for some of the random growling and groaning heard within the vaults as well. All this sounds mundane. However, this spirit is one of the most feared in the vaults. No one seems to know for sure who Mr. Boots was once they were alive, like who they were while they were living. There are alleged rumors that he was once a cobbler, while others say that he was potentially a slum landlord or a murderer, according to one of the tour guides. Uh, Tour guide Ewan from the World's Scariest Hauntings episode reported that there was a psychic medium who actually ran out of the vaults after trying to talk to Mr. Boots. So this medium came in, tried to have a conversation with Mr. Boots, ran out. Hmm. So I wonder what scared her so much. She had to piece the book out right then. (laughs) Well, the psychic medium reported that she had to leave out of fear because of how evil Mr. Boots was. Not sure further as to, like, what we're comparing him on the evil scale, but evil enough to have someone who probably speaks to the dead for a living run the fuck out, which is scary. Evil scale on a scale of 1 to 10, so like (laughs) 7? Yeah, like, where are we at on the scale? (laughs) I need to know numerically. Thank you. Now, there is a photo that is shown on the World's Scariest Hauntings episode of an apparition who some believe is Mr. Boots standing behind a tourist. You can actually tell the apparition isn't a full-bodied person uh, as the person they are standing behind. Like, if you compare the two, you can see who the living person is versus who the non-living person is. However, you can tell that it's, it's an entity. Like, you can tell it's something because it's blocking the light that's behind it which is interesting because if it was just maybe i don't know like a bug or something or not a bug but if it was maybe like smoke or something you'd be able to see through it whereas this apparition although it's kind of see-through it's not see-through enough that you can see the light behind it which is fascinating i would definitely recommend the video that i watched of the world's scariest episode hauntings of the edinburgh vaults because that's where you'll you'll find the picture sounds creepy very creepy so some believe that this is in fact mr boots this apparition in this picture due to the fact that some claim to see the apparition distinctively wearing boots so i mean i think that's a dead ringer essentially in jane not a, not a genius 
Yeah. In January 2018, eyewitness Nikki Curie reported on that same World's Scariest Hauntings episode that they had an encounter with Mr. Boots, further explaining that when they were in the vaults, they used a Ouija board to try and communicate. While using said Ouija board, the table it was on, on one side, began to lift up as if it was almost about to lip, like flip over. I don't think it actually flipped over, but it was kind of working its way to that point. Okay, mistake number one, using the Ouija board. Just Exactly. Yeah. Unless you are a trained professional in the Ouija board, we don't recommend it here at Weird Distractions. Because I think we've mentioned it before. Could open You're a just asking for trouble. You're asking for trouble? Yep. That's what you're going to get. Exactly. So after this incident with the Ouija board, uh, Nikki and whomever they were with went into another vault where they felt someone was watching them. Ooh, maybe the watcher. Or Mr. Boots. Well, it's the same person, same but still. Person. Same person. Uh, probably frightened and not being able to see anyone else near them since it was apparently pitch black, Nikki decided to take some pictures with her iPhone before leaving the scene. So Nikki then the next day was looking through her phone, you know, how we usually do after a night out of drinking, but she was in the vault, uh, which sounds actually a lot cooler in retrospect. When she was looking through the pictures, she saw in the photos a distinguished shadowy figure that was walking down a set of stairs in front of them. So they had felt like something was watching them this entire time, so Nikki took some pictures, dead ass caught a shadow figure on the stairs. Coming down the stairs towards them. Yeah. Okay. So you can actually see the photograph from the world's scariest hauntings episode in the YouTube video that I've been rinsing, which once again, watched on YouTube. Nikki identified in the video that they felt like this was Mr. Boots, aka the Watcher, due to feeling heavily watched in the area. We don't know who exactly Mr. Boots was per se, as mentioned before, but there may have been an explanation as to why he is there, tying back to the stone tape theory mentioned earlier. Richard McLean Smith, who has the podcast called Unexplained, was featured in the World's Scariest Hauntings coverage on YouTube, shared that Mr. Boots's apparition may remain in the vaults to this day due to the stone tape theory. So whoever he was in, you know, in the past, his impression is being held within the stone and being projected, as Richard put it, continuously to this day, even though he may be far, far away from his, you know, when he lived from his time, so to speak. Now we're going to get witchy because now it's time to talk about the witches of the vaults. As mentioned earlier, it's been alleged that witches once made the vaults their practice space or maybe even potentially where they lived. One witch in particular may be still lurking in the vaults. One witch in particular may still be lurking in the vaults. Welcome back to the main stage, Agnes Finney, who some believe may be chilling in the vaults, scaring the hell out of people to this day, or is the reason why it's such a paranormal hotspot. But we need to back this train up a bit because we need to talk about some of the current witchery happening in the vaults, because there is current... There's current witchery afoot, so to speak. Current spookiness. Yeah. But I'm here for it. So it's been reported in the World's Scariest Hauntings episode that a pagan group named the Blue Dragon actually rents out one of the vaults to this day. I think to this day. I could be wrong. This vault, which has been blessed by this group, isn't cursing people to death or anything like that. So don't get it twisted that just because they're pagans or witches that there's you know, bad magic happening or evilness happening here. Okay. Uh, it appears that despite the room being blessed, that there are reports of figures standing in the vault seen by tourists throughout the various uh, ghost tours and historical tours that are happening. In a very Zach Bagans voice, could this be Agnes Finney trying to connect with a more modern day coven? <laughs> we don't know. 
We don't know, Zach. We don't know. Thank you for asking your very important question. I'll see you later. Catch you on the flippy floppy. Toodaloo. On top of the apparition sightings, there is also a photograph from the specific vault, which once again you can see on the episode World's Scariest Hauntings, which shows a shadowy figure sitting in the pagan's vault in a braided circle where there is a pentagram in the middle. So dead ass, there is just this apparition just sitting in one of the seats as if they're just in a, in a coven meeting, so to speak. So some people think that this may be Agnes, who is just chilling in this vault trying to connect with this current coven she's like hey homies i'm here Let yeah hey in a little circle yeah did <laughs> i miss some spellbinding yeah did i did i miss the meeting i forgot snacks can i be like a i'll bring it next time can i rain check the snacks you know just trying to keep up with the times out of the loop Exactly. On an unrelated note from Agnes, but still kind of in our witchy relations here, I found an article where I believe the current Blue Dragon High priestess and high priest actually married a Canadian couple down in the vault sometime in 2004. And I believe they were from Ontario, which I think is just kind of rad. We have the Blue Dragon Vault located within, as we know, the vaults. But there is another vault that another group reportedly used as well, which may be causing some more sinister events reportedly playing out to this day. Sometime in 1995, it was documented that a group of Wiccans moved into what I believe was another vault, where they created a stone circle within said vault. The stone circle, as tour guide Ewan described, was made to be part of an area for safety and protection. Ewan described in the World's Scariest Hauntings episode how during a tour involving a priest, which this priest would essentially share that they felt they were picking up on a demonic entity inside the vault who is allegedly telling the priest that they, including the group, needed to break up the door and call it a day on this vault. Like they needed to stop allowing tours to happen in this particular vault. Of it's course. It's dark in there. Yeah. This vault hasn't been blocked up though. Like it's it's you can still go into it as far as my understanding to this day. According to Ewan, these witches who use the vaults back in 1995, so this specific group, may have potentially opened up a space to any kind of spirit. So they had they were done using the vault and maybe opened it up to any like any spirit to kind of enter it, which some believe may have opened it up to, I don't know, demons, while others seem to think that perhaps inside the stone circle, there is a demon being trapped into it. Either way, it's not great, so to speak. Open up a whole can of worms. Either open up a whole can of worms or it traps said can of worms inside this circle where People, because people are stupid, are, you know, testing themselves by jumping into the into the circle and seeing what's going to happen if they jump into the circle. Well, y'all dumb. <laughs> yeah, so people who taunt whatever entity is in that specific vault reportedly leave and later encounter random scratches, cuts, and bruises. Uh, said vault disturbers also have allegedly reported suffering from sleep paralysis weeks after taunting whatever was in the vault. So it apparently follows them home. That's frightening. I watch movies of sleep paralysis and I want to die. Have you ever had sleep paralysis? No, but I'm just watching that. We're like, you're just, you can't move and things are coming at you and you're like. <laughs> As someone who has it and has had it, it's terrifying. It's terrifying. I used to get night terrors on the regular and it, it sucks. 
it absolutely sucks. So I, if we go there, I'm not fucking with this vault. I will stay 50 feet back from said vault because I don't want anything following me home. And I'm not going to taunt the damn thing because I am not that stupid. No, people taunting it are going to get what they asked for when they taunted it. Exactly. So paranormal investigator Tom Buckmaster explained the encounter he and his team experienced back in November 2016 on the World's Scariest Hauntings episode. He explained in the episode that right off the hop, he and his group felt that they were being watched by shadow figures, along with reportedly hearing unidentified sounds following them. When they entered this 1995 witch's vault, which that's what I'm going to reference it as, one of the members of the group actually stood inside the stone circle. They stood inside the damn stone circle where people reportedly experience creepy-ass shit happening after the fact. So right off the hop, just setting themselves up. I mean, I get it. They're doing it in the in the name of investigation, but oh dude, not not a great decision. Regardless, the person who did this indicated that they felt something touching their back before the room went ice cold. So the temperature dramatically dropped. I mean, it's it's cold down there. It's damp, but there was a reported huge drop in temperature the second that this guy was in the stone circle. Nope. No thank you. Exactly. And then the group also caught an EVP of growling sounds while in the vault. Uh, And after the first person stood in the stone circle, Tom decided that it was kind of his turn. I guess he was kind of amping himself up before they went down there saying like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. But of course, when time came, he said that he was overwhelmed with the sense of something in his head saying, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. And he eventually was like, I can't do it. Like he physically could not put his leg even in the circle. Well, there was something stopping him or his inner voice. Exactly. Good choice. Maybe a guardian angel. We don't know. Uh, so that's that's kind of the witchiness of the vaults in a nutshell. There's probably a lot more, but that's kind of what I wanted to highlight. Now on to something probably more sinister that happens down in the vaults. A more creepy identity. Do you have any ideas what it could be? A demon. Okay. Close... <laughs> Close. A child. <laughs> children. Yes, children. I see, I so, knew it. Demons and children. Demons and children. They always equal one another. So reports of children ha- children haunting the vaults seem to be a common theme, according to those who go down and explore the area. Apparently, way back when, there were numerous missing children who disappeared after going in the vaults. According to the YouTube video of the World's Scariest Hauntings episode, local businesses would, would pay children to climb up and clean chinnies within the vaults for them uh, because some of the vaults would have fireplaces and therefore the man-made chimneys would need to be cleaned from time to time. With that being said, tour guide Ewan explained that in 1992, during construction of the area to make it safe for tours, a bricked up fireplace was discovered. When the workers had tried to, you know, get to the fireplace to make it maybe functional or just presentable, so to speak, they ended up finding small bone fragments inside. Fucking new it yeah it's like they could the kids kill children clean it yeah and then the fucking died inside there yep so the bones were taken away for further examining where it was discovered by a lab that the bones were of a young boy who was between the ages of seven to twelve on top i know where are the parents what is happening 
It's just a disaster. So on top of this tragic situation, the world's scariest hauntings episode points out that the vaults were occupied by the lower class of Edinburgh, where lots of children were probably born within the vaults, and probably a lot of them died within the vaults due to various reasons. I mean, I can imagine there were children born in there, and then because they weren't getting proper health care, what have you, because it was the seven, you know, it was the 18th century. Mm-hmm. They probably weren't really surviving. Yeah, not logic like, going on down, and I'm like cleansing this, and not exactly. It's not like it's not like there was hand sanitizer in every vault, like there is in every friggin' space nowadays, right? There's no Purell mm-hmm. anywhere. Should have been, but sadly not. Exactly. So because of this, among with other speculations as to what happened down there, people have allegedly experienced hearing cries, whimpers, and laughter of children down within the vaults. Not only that, but paranormal expert Joe Lockwood explained that there have also been reports of people having their ankles kicked, things being thrown at them, which I mentioned earlier, and having their equipment drained, which they shared they associated with mischievous children ghosts. Fucking children. <laughs> Just fucking ghost children, man. When tour guide Ewan was telling the world's scariest hauntings crew about experiences that tourists have experienced in correlation with the children ghosts, he dead ass witnessed a shadow figure as they were recording. So they were recording, everything was fine. He's like, hold up, points to like off camera. He's like, there was just a shadow figure right there. Of course. Yeah, of course. Gotta get it on tape. <laughs> yeah. It was like, you can't see it, but it's still... It's just interesting that he was talking about the goat, the children ghost, and then all of a sudden something manifested. The children. The children knew, and the children were like, hey, you talking about me? I'm going to step up and say something. Well, do something. Peekaboo. Peek-a-boo. Once again, not caught on camera. Wish it was caught on camera, but regardless... Interesting. Just interesting. But other spooky occurrences also include people reporting that they struggle to breathe, feel like their skin is on fire, or become randomly very hot, which as I mentioned earlier, is interesting due to the fact that the Great Fire of Edinburgh occurred back in 1824 and all the stuff that was associated with the vaults and the fire. Oh dear. Like, this just keeps getting worse and worse. It does. It's just very... uh, It's just very interesting. And everything just ties back in with all these historical events, so to speak, right? So it's really hard not to make those connections. Speaking of connections, because... I did mention some body snatchers earlier, and no, I'm not referencing the drag race kind. Uh, I mentioned the body snatchers, a.k.a. the serial killers, Hare and Burke, earlier in this distraction. Mm-hmm. Here's where I discuss them further. There reportedly is a blocked-up corridor within the vaults where there is suspected to be a network of rooms behind it, running all the way from the South Bridge vaults into the medical school. Remember how the two started their messed-up side hustle? It was by selling a lodger's body to the medical school, specifically the basement of the surgeon's hall, a.k.a. the School of Anatomy. Okay. Here Here's where the full circle happens because the bridge was created so that the people from town could get to the school. There are Mm -hmm. tunnels from the town that go directly to the school. This Mm -hmm. is where the whole body snatcher thing came into play. Hence why people think, okay, uh, you know, Heron Burke were potentially active around the time, around the time where the vaults were being used. It wouldn't be unlikely that maybe they took, the body from t- the bodies from town use the vault tunnels to directly the school basement. Mm. 
Yes. And donated to science unwillingly. Yes. So kind of another full circle moment happening. Some believe that the disturbing duo may have used the underground to transfer the bodies that they murdered, or even use the vaults to store the bodies from time to time. Paranormal investigators have allegedly tried to call out Burke and Hare while in the vaults on one occasion, an eyewitness named Zoe White went as far as doing a role play to try and instigate something with a paranormal group that she and her mother were with. So she was kind of, as far as my understanding, like Zoe was laying on the ground, people were saying like, oh, here's a dead body, this, that, and the other. They're trying to like instigate something to happen by trying to play off as if they were in that same situation that will uh that the hare and burke duo would have potentially been interested in that's weird i don't know why you're trying to like provoke something i mean it's all for the sake of science kind of sake of trying to scare yourself yeah well that that's ghost of that's ghost hunting 101 so (laughs) during this specific situation zoe recalls people in the in the group feeling uneasy, a sudden drop in the temperature, you know, the kind of classic signs that maybe something's trying to manifest. Once they kind of were done the whole role play method, Zoe got up from laying on the ground when her mother noticed something on her leg. Zoe's mother noticed a handprint on Zoe's calf that apparently wasn't there before and wasn't there, was like, wasn't caused by anyone from the group. Like no one touched Zoe during this role play. No one saw anyone else touch, like, it just disappeared. It, it just appeared, which is really creepy. So yeah. After this, the group tried to do uh, scrying. Reportedly, is an old Victorian method of spirit communication, according directly from Joe Lockwood in the World's Scariest Hauntings episode, where you look into a mirror in a dark room and just stare into the mirror until your face changes to whichever spirit is reportedly in your presence. So, so kind of Bloody Mary vibes, kind of sorta. That sounds like a really bad idea. Yeah, really creepy idea. So Zoe tried this and actually caught a photo on camera where you can see her looking into the mirror and see another shadowy figure of like a face kind of right beside her in the mirror. Not only that, but Zoe's mother thought that Zoe's face had even changed to be more manly within the photo. So like even looking at it, her mom was like, that doesn't that doesn't look like you. Like you've lost your feminine features, which is also kind of an insult. Potentially. Turn into a dude. Yeah, her mom's just <laughs> that like... That is quite frightening. You're like, yeah. hey, there's this thing beside me and I'm changing my shape. Someone's trying to say something to me. Exactly. So some people think that maybe this was burke and hair manifesting which is interesting uh zoe right and so zoe reportedly went back to the vaults after this experience where in the world's scariest hauntings episode she described that she was excited to go back because of all the stuff that happened to her before but when she went back a second time she felt so sick like she reportedly felt very nauseous and just unwell just very opposite to the first time around something's all over her being like you're not supposed to be here exactly so to kind of summarize this very 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 haunted hotspot the edinburgh vaults seem to be a paranormal investigator's dream location to explore in terms of activity the history of this area alone is horrifically terrifying and i can imagine that because of the fact that there has been so much death within the vaults or associated with the vaults there are probably new spirits 
being seen all the time. We don't have a firm death count, and some of the information I gathered could have been sensationalized ghost lore that kind of adds to location, so to speak. Regardless, it's a fascinating part of Edinburgh's history, which, despite being underground and hidden from the hustle and bustle of the city, cannot be easily ignored. I will say Ghost Adventures did explore this location back in season one. I wasn't able to find where I could watch the episode. So I'm without, I think this kind of goes without saying, but I would definitely recommend the World's Scariest Hauntings episode that I watched on YouTube. And that is my coverage of the Edinburgh Vaults. Thank you for that treat. Um, Spookiness. Yeah, so just quick shout out to my resources. Uh, So shout out to Google Maps, the Atlas Obscura website, the Blair Street Underground Vaults by user LRT228 and Sonetta with no date listed. Cambridge Dictionary website, Historic UK website, The Edinburgh Vaults by Claire Palmer, Historic UK website, The Story of Burke and Hare by Ben Johnson, the Mercat Tours website, uh, the YouTube video, World's Scariest Hauntings, Season 1, Episode 1, The Edinburgh Vaults, which was uploaded by the CSPI Paranormal Team, uploaded on January 27th, 2019. Also got the Supernatural Magazine article, Agnes Finney, Edinburgh's Most Prolific Witch by Janie Harris, with no day posted. The Wandering Crystal website, which is in Scotland by Crystal, because we're on a first-name basis and, you know, go way back. Uh, The Guardian UK website article, Couple Tied the Knot, Literally an Underground Temple by Stephen Bates, for on Thursday, September 23rd, 2004. And that that is that on that. So Christy, can you tell these weird fine people where they could find us, where they can support the show, where they can send our listener tales, all that good stuff? Yes, our very fine listeners. You can find us on our many platforms on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Love a Review, Love Some Stars. Any platform you can find us on, uh, you can Email us at weirddistractionspodcast at outlook.com. We're doing any listener stories right now. Feel free to send us some of your stories. We're trying to get them on a bi-monthly basis, but we need some more. So please tell us your goodies. You can tweet at us, Insta. You can find us on Patreon if you'd like to monetize us a little bit. Again, some extra goodies, some bonus episodes, some early access. You can also get our merch on Redbubble. So anything weird distraction, just search us, you'll find it. And again, shout out to our Patreons that we have going on right now. And I think that's about it. Yeah, so shout out to Tom and Bailey. Thank you for supporting the show. And if you want to get some bonus weird distractions, check us out on Patreon. But if you want to support the show for free, reviews are great. I don't know why, but reviews help get the word out about our little itty-bitty awkward show and kind of get people more people listening when more people listen great things can happen so that'd be cool and if you need a distraction we got you bye Bye. around the country are notorious for turning a blind eye towards officers who have committed serious offenses. I'm Katherine Sheffield, the host of A Few Bad Apples, a weekly podcast that takes listeners into deep dives of crimes committed by bad apple officers. Not all policemen are bad, and in fact, I highlight a positive story at the end of every episode. 
Sharing these victim stories is my way to provoke change within police departments. A Few Bad Apples is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.